Hello, I'm Bishop Shane Parker, and this is ADO on the Move for October 24th, 2020. Katie Burkholder-Harris, who is the Executive Director of the Alliance to End Homelessness Ottawa. I had the pleasure of facilitating two panel discussions at the Building a Community of Hope event, which was a major fundraiser for our community ministries. It was good to speak with Katie and others about the precarious situation faced by many sisters and brothers during COVID, but also during ongoing life outside the pandemic. Our diocese is deeply committed to being part of the solution, and we are committed to increasing the housing stock wherever possible. In the undercroft of the cathedral, the diocesan archives occupy a space which is most interesting to behold. I met there recently with Dr. Glenn Lockwood, our archivist, and talked about the stories that are held in our archives, the stories of the faithful who have served our diocese throughout the years, as well as the ongoing work of our diocesan church as we continue to serve in this part of creation. I'm here in the archives of the Anglican Diocese of Ottawa, this amazing space in the undercroft of the cathedral. And I'm with Dr. Glenn Lockwood, who's our intrepid archivist. Good to see you, Glenn. Good to see you, Bishop Shane. Glenn, describe 
what is in this amazing vault that we're sitting in right now, safely distanced from one another? We're in what we call the, the storage area, basically. Okay. And we have three main things here, apart from the huge life-size portrait of our first bishop that's overlooking us at the moment. Um, first thing, we have organized parish collections. Second thing, we have unorganized parish collections. And the third thing we have is a specialized reference library about Anglicanism. Okay. And how far back do the records go? The archival records for this diocese basically go back to the 17, late 1780s, and our printed records, some of them go back to the, to the 17th century. So you're telling the story, or this room contains the story of Anglicans in the Ottawa Valley going back several centuries. Yes, for basically churches that once existed, churches that are about to exist, churches that have endured all through that time period, mm -hmm. like, say, Trinity Church Cornwall, which mm -hmm. is our oldest parish. Interesting, yeah. And, Glenn, you get a lot of visitors here. I notice when I'm walking by, there's usually someone I don't recognize uh, at the door or at the desk. Who comes to the archives and, and uses it? A variety of people. People who want to um, do parish history. Uh, they have an anniversary coming up, or they're just interested in the parish period. I just had a call from a young man who is uh, researching his grandfather, the Reverend Edward Jeffrey May, and as I was looking that up for him, I noticed that the Reverend Edward Jeffreys May, May's wife's name was Zeta. Now, Zeta ain't your average name. No. And it instantly connected for me because Zeta May wrote the very first parish history of St. Bartholomew's, Ottawa. My goodness. So and it, it turned out that his grandfather actually had an artistic flair and he did a number of pen and ink sketches of various churches both on, on both sides of the river. Apart from print records, Glenn, there are a number of objects in this room and in the main office of the archives. Talk about some of the, the physical objects that we, we hold. Well, one of the items is actually a scale model of St. Helen's Church, Orleans. This is back before they did computer modeling of mm -hmm. um, what a church could look like. So it's actually made of pasteboard, put together quite professionally by the architects back in what, the late 1960s, early 1970s. Mm. Uh, the roof lifts off, you see the layout of rooms inside it, mm. but uh, we, we recognize that as a historic item because mm -hmm. people no longer do that. It's 50 years ago too, isn't it? Yeah. Hard to believe. Yeah. Um, other physical objects in here, I've already mentioned the portrait of um, Archbishop Hamilton, whose family coat of arms is on a chunk of stone in our vault. Uh, we're not, and I think it was dug up on the site here somewhere. Quite possibly, yes. Um, and this magnificent painting was commissioned by his wife on the occasion of their 30th wedding anniversary, I think. 50th. 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, well, we can all look forward to having such a portrait commissioned for us. And he was so impressed with it that a year later he donated it to the diocese. <laughs> Quite the room on the apartment wall, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you say the most interesting piece or pieces in our collection is, Glenn? Well, one of my very favorite items is uh, an elevation of the original All Saints Church, Westboro, 
uh, which I first saw at the Anglican Diocese of Ontario archives, where they had it filed as an elevation of All Saints Church somewhere in the Diocese of Ontario. Um, it starts with the letter N. I forget what it is. Anyway, it wasn't uh, that place. It was Napean, N-A-P-E-A-N. Oh, not Napanee. Yes, yes, I think it was. Well, yeah, I think it was Napanee. So I instantly spied it as really something that should be here. (laughs) This is even before I became archivist. You you were destined to become the archivist for the Diocese of Ottawa, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. So that that is an item that resonates with me every time I see it. Sure. Now, Glenn, I know over the years you and I have worked together on various uh, projects and files and, and things of interest. And some of the files you have are very much related to the ongoing work of, of the diocese, the ongoing work of our central office and so on. The records that you keep here some of them are out and available but others are stored in a, in a very secure vault yes in a fireproof vault that is good for three hours before the fire department gets here and apart from some sensitive records what types of things would you hold in there that relate to the legal status of the diocese property records clergy records bishop's office records kind of the more sensitive collections of the diocese so that if heaven forbid the place were threatened with fire the work of the diocese would still carry on because they are more safely cared for in the vault well glenn i'm very grateful to you for safely caring for our story as a diocesan church i know that it is a both a profession and a passion for you and i'm really grateful for the care and dedication you and your volunteers give to creating something organized out of the unorganized that you hold here so thank you so much creating order out of chaos (laughs) thank you bishop I think we've all become a little bit more media savvy during these pandemic days. We're blessed in our diocese to have someone on staff who is increasingly skilled at social media, and that is Heidi Fawcett, who assists with the production of this podcast. I spoke with Heidi about how social media plays out in our diocese. Heidi, you are the queen of social media for our diocese. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about our audience. Who's checking into Facebook and Twitter? What do you know about that? So our audience is made up of mostly people that attend church on Sundays. They are a slightly older demographic, but they are very active. They seem to really enjoy a lot of posts specifically around our COVID communique and holidays and what we're doing differently. And Heidi, when, when do people listen? When does our audience check into Facebook and Twitter? What do you know about that? So our audience is on very early in the morning. They seem to really enjoy the 5 to 6 a.m. time slot, as well as the about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, sort of just after they get home from work. Really early in the morning. Anglicans are early risers. Well, who would have thought that? <laughs> <laughs> and Heidi, you've been taking some courses on social media to upgrade your skills and knowledge of social media and getting into a bit of strategy and so on. What kind of things have you learned about social media? So I've been taking classes at Algonquin College. I'm working on my social media certificate. I've learned a lot about monitoring our audience, monitoring social media, 
and really how to interact with them. It's one thing to post stuff on Facebook, but you need to be there. You need to be talking to your audience. When they message you, you need to reply. It can't just be a one-sided, throw up a status and hope for the best. So it's really building a relationship. Exactly. We're all about relationships in church land. We are. And Heidi, you provide great assistance with this podcast, which I'm really grateful mm-hmm. for. From what you know, when are people listening to ADO on the Moon? So Saturday mornings is definitely a popular time for people to be listening. And then it usually have a few more on Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday, we get a decent sized audience. But Saturday morning, Anglicans, they wake up, they listen to their podcast and get on with their day. What better way to start a Saturday morning? Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Heidi, thank you so much for all you do. It's great to talk to you today. Thank you. And that concludes episode four of season two of ADO on the Move. This podcast is a production of the Anglican Diocese of Ottawa with sound editing by Nicholas Piper, art music by Gordon Johnson, and production assistance by Heidi Fawcett. May the gentle peace of Christ be with you and those you love on earth and in heaven. God bless and talk soon. Thank you.